Blog Talk Radio. Never would have made it. Never could have made it without you. I would have lost it all. But now I see how you were there for me. And I can say never would have made it. Never could have made it without you. I would have lost it all. But now I see how you were there for me. And I can say I'm stronger. I'm wiser. I'm better, much better. When I look back over all you brought me through, I can see that you were the one I held on to, and I never, never would have made it. Oh, I never could have made it. Good evening, and this is Black Writer's Space once again. I am your host, Ms. Mocha, um, and I have my co-host with me, DeAndrea, and Mario is going to join us later. Um, today our guest is Arthur Melvin Childs. He is the author of Never Would Have Made It. And I am dying to hear this story, this awesome uh, book he's written. I've been um, researching and just kind of checking out the website, and I'm really excited to have him on our show today. So we're going to just dig in and get started. Hello, Melvin. Yes, ma'am. How you doing? Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful, wonderful. Um, thank you so much for taking the time out to... Um, chat with us today about your new book. Yes. Thank you for having me. Not a problem, not a problem. I just want to um, go over your bio just a bit so our listeners can know who is Melvin Stiles. Um, okay. Over the last 15 years, few individuals have been more innovative in the entertainment industry than Melvin Childs. At the same time, Probably nobody in America has worked harder behind the scenes to launch the careers of beginning writers. Some might consider him a producer with a special eye for talent, while others may call him a shrewd, no-nonsense businessman. Whichever view you take of Melvin Childs, the story of his role as the executive producer of Tyler Perry's first national tour is nothing short of remarkable. Having started out in the radio industry, Mr. Childs was able to meet and work with many veteran promoters and producers very early on in his career. These industry vets fueled his aspirations to become one of the best in the business. His willingness to gamble on young talent put him in a position to work side-by-side with Tyler Perry on his first national touring project, I Know I've Been Changed. That successful tour is the one that ultimately led Tyler's success and spawned his multi-million dollar empire. Wow. 
Okay, let's go ahead and get started, Melvin. So tell us um, how did you become Tyler Perry's promoter? How did that start? Um, well, I started a long time ago, back in 1997. Um, I used to work in, t- in the radio business, and I did have a little part-time gig while I was doing some of the smaller shows and that kind of thing in Oklahoma City. Um, and at the time, I was a 26-year-old kid, about as arrogant as they come. And, uh, and you know, gospel shows weren't one of the things that, that I would ever thought I would be interested in. Um, but one day I did decide to go see a Michael Matthews show. I don't know if, if you remember, if you know who that is, but he was, back then he was probably the Tyler Perry of that time. Um, it was the most awful thing I'd ever seen, in my opinion. Now, you know, I've talked to several people about that. They all get on me about it because a lot of people seem to love it, but seem to have loved it, but I, did, I didn't like it at all. And so, but one of the things I did notice was there was a tremendous amount of people that showed up for this thing, it seemed like I was the only dissatisfied customer in the whole building. So um, at that point, I decided that I wanted to at least promote me one of these gospel plays in and around Oklahoma City. So I began a little quest to try to find me what I call one of these little chilling circuit gospel plays. Um, And I had a friend of mine who lived in Atlanta who actually did work with the Alliance Theater there in Atlanta, which were... The Color Purple was born, um, as far as the stage show was concerned. Um, and she did a lot of behind-the-scenes work over there. Um, and she ran into Tyler. Tyler was running around trying to shop this show to anybody that would listen. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, at that point in time, nobody was listening. You know, there weren't that many people that were actually in the gospel play business, um, especially at that point in time. And even still to this day, there's there's only a handful of people who who control the touring across the country. Um, and you just have to know who those are. If you try to get out there and try to do the same thing, you're probably going to die a horrible death. It's a tough business out there. So anyway, with that being said, um, I was invited to, she introduced me to Tyler. We talked about his show that he had a show that he had one coming up in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, I flew to Montgomery, Alabama, and he was doing it for a church. Um, it was pretty low budget. I mean, you know, if you can imagine someone, you know, rolling out of bed and deciding they wanted to be a playwright for the most part and then trying to put it on for a church, you know, that's what it was. Um, but uh, Tyler had written this show over the course of about six years. So he had tweaked it and changed it, and it, it had become something really special. And it was uh, it was something that was very uh, powerful to me. And when I walked out of there, I was completely changed, and I knew at that point it was something that I had to get involved with. So that's how it started. Wow. Okay. So um, how did this – okay, this, this, I read some of the excerpts on the website – and now, did you guys what what happened in the relationship that where you're not as tight as you were? What happened between the first show and then the ultimate one that took him to where he is now? What happened with your relationship? Well, I mean, it'd be you know we tour uh, we toured for several years with that thing, so you know uh, we and in, and even in the beginning trying you know I was 26 years old I was used to doing shows that cost 5 10 15,000. Um and so this was a and, and Tyler had never toured the country either. 
and uh, Nia, who was my partner at that time, is another person that was involved in this whole thing. She hadn't either, and we all was just kids and just trying to, 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 to you know, make our mark in the entertainment business, if you will, and tour the country with this thing. And so there was a lot of growing pains, and it was a huge, huge learning experience for us all. Uh, so when you ask me the question, what happened between myself and Tyler, there was there was nothing in particular that really happened. We never really had a falling out. If you want to know the truth, we never, there was there was no falling out. Um, you know, I've heard many people say that you know maybe he, he's mad because he isn't part of the camp anymore or anything like that. But you have to keep in mind that at that point in time, it was Tyler and words on paper. You understand what I'm okay. saying? So there, there is no camp. There was, you know, what a, the camp was created by myself and all the money that I could borrow, beg, and steal to 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 try to um, to take this show, if you will, to the next level around the country. And I did all that. You name it. You know, I, I went through it. And the, and the book details all that. Um, I, as you can see, I guess you went and saw the excerpts on Tyler dot com. You can see all the excerpts from the book. Um, if you, if you get a chance to read it, you realize that this it, it just tells a story from start to finish, how it all started. It wasn't as simple as most people seem to think it was. Okay. So, but we never had any falling out to answer your question. Okay. That's a good thing. Um, I did watch the video. Now, tell us about the struggles. There was a lot of uh, sacrificing as far as financing the shows and, and the different plays. Tell us about and how that affected, I know it affected your family at home and, you know, but you really believed in the show. So tell us about that. Right. Well, be, be, beyond, you know, the effect that it had on my family, you have to understand that Tyler was a starving artist. And, and all starving, starving artists out there, they all believe that they've got the greatest project ever created. Um, and they believe it so much they're willing to die for it. They starve, they eat beans and rice for months. They, You know, they, they struggle. Most of them do. Um, so that's not a, that's not anything unusual. The problem with that, the problem that that seemed to occur was I became that starving artist because I was so, um, you know, I I I felt like I had an anointing on myself um, to make this project happen. And so, with that being said, there was a time that I just turned my back on everybody, and my whole focus was this project. Was I know I've been changed, and and that happened over the course of several several months. And you got to keep in mind, Tyler didn't have a dime. I was the only one in the, in the crew, which was there were three of us. And so I was the only one that had a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was married, and so what I did, you know, I just based my wife paid all the bills. And I took my check and sent it to Tyler and made sure that he was cool. And then he had food eating and those kind of things, uh, you know, whatever he needed. If it was toothpaste and a toothbrush, I mean, almost kind of like, you know, you got a kid in college. That was the deal. Because um, there was a time where we were trying to figure out what we were going to do, um, and Tyler didn't have a job. Um, he gambled everything he had on the first leg of the tour that we had done, and we had lost every dime we had in Mensa. Um, and so then we had to go get some more money, and you know we we went and borrowed some money, or I went and got some money from from some people that you probably shouldn't shouldn't be borrowing money from, and that's just the story. And it talks about all the things that I went through in order to make that happen, and that's the deal. Wow, that's um, you 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 really I I commend you for even taking that chance because I know just basic you know in life we all have dreams and goals and aspirations, 
and sometimes we never reach them or sometimes we never even take that step to do that. So for you to stand behind him with that and to just kind of take it all in your hands like it was yours, like, like you know what I'm saying, like I'm here, I'm with you, and I'm believing with you, and we're going to make this thing happen. So that's um, that's awesome. Really well, thank you. you. You have to understand it in the entertainment business. You, we're twenty six year old kids, and you can't, you couldn't borrow that money. There's no right. way in the world if we didn't get it from the way that we got it, we we we'd all be having regular jobs at this point. And 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 it would, you know, and I'm guessing that. I mean, I guess somebody might discover them at some point. I really don't know the answer to the question, but most likely we would probably end up like everybody else. You <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest with you. That's what would happen because. We couldn't go buy. How are you gonna go buy a hundred thousand dollars from the bank and do an entertainment project? It doesn't exist. It just don't happen. So Tyler, Tyler didn't have a dime. You can't, you can't roll out of bed um, and put on a show at the House of Blues. It takes money and a lot of it and connections. Believe yes. it or not, you know, it's very difficult. You just anybody can't just do that. They can't do that. So you know, that was the deal. Wow. Um, I'm gonna bring in my co-host Mario. Mario. Hey, how, how y'all doing tonight? Hey, Mr. Child, how you feel? I'm fine, sir. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. I was sitting back listening to a lot of things that was being said, and I'm excited about this. Like I was telling Tiffany, like I gotta hurry up, hurry up and get on work so I can get on the show so I can talk to you because reading your uh, the Tyler Perry book dot uh, com, the excerpts and stuff like that. I was amazed by everything that you're doing and done. And I I just have a question as far as, like, do you still go out and look for talent or do you, you know, do you, like, just say, you know what, I'm going to stop doing that because of male, because of what may have happened with Tyler or do you just go, go ahead and continue to look for different people to bring talent into the fold? I, I still do the exact same thing. I still do okay. the exact same thing. Now, you have to understand it. You know, there's a difference, you know, and I play two roles in certain. Sometimes I'm a producer, sometimes I'm a promoter. But typically I, I'm a behind-the-scenes kind of guy. You don't, I'm one of those guys, and I talk about that in the book. You you very rarely see my face or even see my name on anything. Uh, typically I'm, I'm the one that actually controls the project, but, you know, you just, uh, I, I don't, I never was one to need a pat on the back or anything. I never was my thing. Um you know, and, and most of the guys around the country that control the play business have never heard their name before. Okay. And that's just how they operate. I just kind of learn from them, and that's just the mold. <laughs> but, yeah, I still do it. Okay, that's cool. I I, I kind of figured out. Uh, pretty much, like, what motivates you? Like, what, what keeps you going in the business? Like, what, what inspires you to keep it moving? Well, you know... <laughs> Um, you know, I, I like, you know, first of all, this is, you know, I've been doing this for so long and I was so young when I started doing this and actually to doing it on the level of, to, you know, to be able to tour across the country at a, at a young age, can, you know, I, I've just learned so much and I, I really get a lot of joy out of being able to share my experiences with the young guys that are up and coming with the young artists that are trying to, trying to be singers, dancers, actors, or whatever in regards to their talent how they can nurture their talent, and how to help them achieve their own goals, whatever they may be. I enjoy doing that. Um, there's a lot of ups and downs in this business. 
It's a rough, 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 rough business, and you have to be prepared mentally to be able to handle that. Most people aren't, to be honest with you. Um, and even though you know the gospel play business is is Christian based, you know most of the time, to be honest with you, the business part of it is not. Um, but but I, to an extent, enjoy overcoming the challenge um, of that fact um, and, and being able to to do things in the right way uh, and to move forward despite, you know, all the opposition and those kind of things that may come your way and all the people that are out there really, for the most part, just trying to beat you out every time. Hello? Wow. Okay. We're here. We're here. Um, We're going to go to break real quick, and we will be right back.
Good evening. We are back. This is uh, Black Writers Space. I am your host, Ms. Mocha. I have Mario and DeAndrea as my co-hosts tonight. And we have, as our guest, Melvin Childs. And we are discussing his book, Never Would Have Made It. Hi, Melvin. Uh, this is DeAndrea talking. How you doing? Good. Let me just start off by saying it is such an honor to to finally get to speak with you. I am so excited. Um, just the um, your you talking about how you love what you do and your passion behind it is such an inspiration. And to attribute uh, you um, starting Tyler Perry off just shows your eye for talent. So I am excited to really get into what it is or other other talents that you have found. So, again, I just wanted to say thank you so much for really sticking to this because, like you said, it is a very, very hard business to get into. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it is a tough business, but it's worth it if you stick with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And you learn from your mistakes, it's worth it. Now, I have a question for you. I was looking at the, the intro to the book, and I can't wait for the hardcover to come out. I know that's coming out. What's the release date? February? 18th. 18th. Okay, so, yes, we know that the hardcover is coming out February 18th. And I was looking at the intro for the book on your website, and it it, it had a poignant moment in it where you talked about how Tyler Perry was on the stage, and he called you he called your name and you stood up. And can you just tell the listeners a little bit more about that? Um, sure. It was in 2007. Um, this is when Medea came to jail. Medea goes to jail. I was touring the country and he came to Oklahoma City. Um, so he and I, had, you know, he knew that I was there because um, I went backstage early in the day. I knew I knew all the building managers and that kind of thing. I had a conversation with the stage manager, um, whose name was Chris Locklear. Chris Locklear was somebody that I had actually hired, and he had just stayed uh, with the whole situation through all these years. So Chris and I were, were good friends, as a matter of fact. And so um, so we kind of you know, talked a little bit, um, and then I took my seat in the audience. And um, at the end of the show, he came out, and he said, um, Melvin Childs, Melvin Childs, where you at? Where you at, Melvin Childs? And he said, let me get the house lights up. So all the lights came up, and he asked me to stand up. I was in the second row, um, and I stood up. And he said, not many people know this, but, you know, this Melvin Childs here uh, was my first promoter, and he's from here in Oklahoma City. He said, but uh, he left me for big and better things. And then he put his arm, he crossed his arm, and he said, now, how's that working out for you? And then he yeah. gave this little shrug, and, you know, it was a – it was a it was a funny moment. Everybody in the whole place just cracked up laughing. Um, and you know, in all fairness, you know, I think Tyler, Tyler's, uh, he was trying to give me a compliment or to to do some. I guess you know, in Tyler's mind, I, I think that he was saying, okay, by me telling everybody that Melvin was my first mode, I'm doing him a favor because I'm Tyler Perry. Which is okay. I think that in his mind, that's what he was doing, and which which is okay. I I don't really, I don't really have a problem that much with that. I mean, because I don't think any malice initially was. I don't think he held anything against me when he said that. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I think that it was more important to him for him to get that laugh from that audience than it was to uplift me. You understand what I'm saying? 
to, so, to give homage to you, to pay homage to you for the work and the, the commitment that you put into the beginning of his career. Correct, correct. I think it was more important to get that last than to pay homage. It, I, and that's just how I felt about it. But as I was driving home and as when I left the when I left the theater that day, it, it started to bother me a little bit because there were so many things that were occurring even behind the scenes that, that I don't even know to this day if Tyler really understood the struggle that mm-hmm. I was having to have on his behalf with the tour promoters around the country just so we could play these shows. You understand? Right. See, Tyler mm-hmm. was an artist. He was an artist, and so and that was the extent. He didn't, he didn't handle any of the business. He didn't handle any of the of the production. He didn't know what it took. To, we got thirty people traveling. He didn't realize we just lost two hundred thousand dollars in the city prior to the one we in now. And now you got a five hundred dollar room service bill at the end of the week. Well, guess who got to pay that room service bill? Why? Right. You understand? It's me. You know, at the end of the day, because riders are paid on royalties, so <laughs> their monies are all guaranteed. So if if the show, you can have a show that costs $300,000 a week very easily. And if the writer gets paid on the gross, and let's say he gets 3% of the gross, he would make $9,000 in that particular week. Well, mm-hmm. if, the, if, if the show grossed 300000 okay? But but here's the reality of the situation. If the show grosses 300000 I'm the producer, I'm the promoter, I don't make a dime, the writer makes $9,000. Now, keep in mind, we were introducing Tyler to audiences across the country. So we were we would make money in some markets and get killed in the others. And so mm-hmm. while what was end up happening, now you keep in mind that for a year and a half prior to this, Tyler and I were joined at the hip and we were all broke together and that was fine. Mm-hmm. But now now we on the road, Tyler's picking up nine thousand dollars, I'm going broke. I pay I spent every dime I had to get it to this point. I went mm-hmm. You know, ridiculous amounts of money from people you don't supposed to borrow money from, and so you have to understand from my standpoint at that at that point in time, I was extremely frustrated. Um, and then there was the fight with the promoters in all the different cities who didn't care about Tyler. They didn't care. They didn't want Tyler on the radio interviews. Um, none of that. And those were the things that we got into. Those were the hassles that we had to deal with in touring the country. It's a it was a tough, tough, tough thing. And I was that person that was always having to tell Tyler, No, you can't do something. Everybody else was cool, nice guy, friendly. It was all good. But mm-hmm. I was the one that had to be that bad guy. And so ultimately I think there was a certain amount of resentment that might have been caused by that. Um, and you'd have to ask him that. To, to I don't know that for sure. Mm-hmm. But if I, if I had to guess, I would say that would be the case. Now, did you give him a copy of your book or has he, um, you know, did you did you send him a copy of the book and, you know, did he give a comment on it or has he endorsed the book at all? Um, no, he hasn't. He knows about the book, though. Okay. He does know. I know that. So you haven't heard anything as to how he feels or doesn't feel about it? Um, I don't know that he, I mean, there's certain things in this book I don't think Tyler probably wants to be talking about. Because mm-hmm. it's a, a little contrary to to the um, image, to, to the plan, the PR plan that was put in place you know, years ago, and, and it's still continuing, yeah. So, so it's a little, there's some things about it, you know, for the most part, a little bit different. But, you know, it's the truth. It is what it is. Absolutely. And is that, um, and what perspective is the book written from? Is it written from the perspective of friend, 
uh, the person that was joined at the hip with him struggled with him, or is it written from, you know, another perspective? What perspective can we look to from the book? Um, you know, you can you you will get an honest depiction of what the entertainment business was like with Tyler Perry back then, um, and you'll get it from all facets. You'll learn a lot about production. You'll learn about how these deals are put together. You'll learn mm-hmm. about the people that are involved in it, um, and you'll learn about three people who 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 shared this bond together initially, and how money changed all that. Wow. Wow. If you had to do it all over again, would you still do it? <laughs> well, you know, I, I look at it like this. Tyler is the highest paid entertainer in America. Yeah. How many people on this earth right now can say, I played a very important role in creating the highest paid entertainer in America? You know, right. for me, I mean, for me, that's 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 probably the biggest accomplishment. I, you know, besides my children, um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm extremely proud of that. So, if you ask me, would I do it all over again? I'd probably do some things a little bit differently. But oh, absolutely, absolutely. And then you know, think about it. I mean, I we didn't have a Tyler before. You can say whatever you want to say. Anybody can say whatever they want to say about the product that Tyler puts on that stage. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Um, I have to believe in some cases that he's changing lives. Absolutely. So I have to give him credit for that. So, yeah, I'm absolutely proud of that. Hey, Melvin, this is Mario again. Uh, It's funny that you just said that because my question was actually about the controversy behind Spike Lee and, you know, the comments and the things he was talking about referring to Tyler Perry. Can you elaborate more about how you felt about the the comments he made and the things that were said about Tyler? Yeah, well, you know, it, it's not just Spike Lee. There's a lot of people out there that, that that call what Tyler does on stage is buffoonish and it's setting us back 20 years and those kind of things. And and I, my friends and I, we have this debate all all the time. You know, the sad part about it is people in different pockets of the country don't necessarily see the same things. While we all may be black, our lives are, are sometimes completely different. I mean, when I when I travel to New York, it's it's really interesting. I never live in New York, um, but I've traveled there several, several times. And the mentality of the people and, and the people themselves are just totally different from the people that, that where I live. So as far as Medea is concerned, uh, the character of Medea is very, is very real in some black folks' lives. However, at the end of the day, it's still entertainment. You know, I don't know that when you go when when, when you see people go out and watch The Hangover and they see these drunk white guys on The Hangover, nobody says, you know, they, they're setting us back 20 years. They just laugh, they take it as entertainment, and they move on. At the end of the day, while we like to put that responsibility on Tyler's shoulders, there's absolutely no way that he can make a documentary into every movie that he makes. He can't teach you lessons with every movie that he makes. It's impossible. And if you want, and, and the truth of the matter is, if he did, you wouldn't buy him. Right. And, and so, so I, I view it as that is just entertainment. You take it as whatever you want to take. I mean, if you're ignorant enough to believe that, you know, that Medea is real or that she sets you back, then then so be it. But I don't believe that at all. 
Right, it's just comedy. It's just entertainment. You laugh at it and you move on, and that's what you take it as. Period. Yes. Yes. Wow. Well, we're going to take a quick break, uh, Mr. Child. But before we go on break, can you let the listeners know how to find your book, how to keep in contact with you before we go on break? Absolutely. It's uh, .com. Um I'm also on Facebook um, and at on Twitter at melvinchilds.com. So any of you guys feel free to friend me on Facebook. Um, I pretty much accept everybody, but TylerPerryBook.com, you can find all information about the book. Um, and it's on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble in ebook form right now. The hard couple book actually comes out February 18th. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to try to see if we have any listeners who want to call in or send some emails to the station itself. And if not, we're going to get back into the book about Tyler Perry and Melvin Childs. We'll be right back. We are back, and um, if you're just now tuning in, this is Black Writers Space. I'm your host, Miss Mocha, and I have my two co-hosts, Mario and DeAndrea. Uh, we have a question from Twitter, and the question is, if Tyler Perry asked you to come work for him now, would you? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> yes. It's uh, a good question. Um, I mean, I'd have to view it as any other business decision. I'm, I'm not a dummy. I mean, you know, there's no kind of money involved in what he wanted me to do. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you know, I, I don't really have the answer to that question. I don't know. I mean, you know, but, you know, for some people, for just for all the listeners out there, I want everybody to understand I'm fine. My life is completely fine. If I don't sell a book, I'm still fine. You know what I'm saying? So, so that's out of, out of, I don't get that one. But, okay. 
That's what, I don't know. I don't have an answer to that question because you know, obviously I would have to have to contemplate that just like I would any other offer. Okay. Understandable. We do have um if you if anybody's on uh line on Twitter you can if you don't want to call in you can tweet your question uh at Melvin Childs or you can um our chat room is open or you can um email us or you can type it in the chat room. Or you can call in. Uh we do have some callers. However, nobody is wait a minute. I think I have one call waiting. Let me check. Hello. Hello? Hi, this is Black Writer Space. Did you have a question? Yes, ma'am. My name is Sean. I used to be in Oklahoma, now I'm in Florida, but um, I found about I found out about this book on Twitter, and I had a couple of questions myself. Go ahead, Mr. Melvin Childs. How are you? Fine, sir. How are you? I'm great. Uh, I was reading uh, an excerpt from the book, and being a parent myself, when you said you looked at your son and you were trying to hold back the tears. Um, and now that you actually have this book out, which is a huge accomplishment, how does that help you teach a lesson to your son based on the overarching picture? Um, Well, you know, I really wasn't trying to teach a lesson to my son, but but I did want to disclose to him what happened. You know, there have been so many. I have two boys, by the way. Um, the one that that I'm talking about in the book, and that situation happened with my younger son. Um, but he he had asked me about my relationship to Tyler um, on many occasions. Both of my boys has, and you know, for 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 a lot of years, there was a lot of hurt with that whole situation, just because of the way that it turned out at the end of the day. And so I really didn't talk about it that often. Um, and so when I started working on this book, I found it to be extremely therapeutic. Um, and it got a lot of stuff off my chest, and I and I became a. I mean, I, I actually was really, really at peace with it at the end of the day, because I got to tell what happened to me to my sons. Um, in the hardcover, if you ever, if you if you're able to pick that up, you'll see that there's a dedication to them. I, that's that's why I wrote the book. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily. A, I'm trying to teach them any lessons about the entertainment business because, for the most part, to be honest with you, that's probably not something that I would want them to do, uh, simply because I know how difficult it is and, you know, how how this business can corrupt you and make you into something that you don't want to be because you're at the sheer point of desperation. Um, so with that being said, I'm hoping to guide them so they don't have to make those same mistakes that I made. Um, and just, that's, just, that's just the deal. Oh, oh, okay. Well, thank you. Okay. That was a great question. What? Yes, it was. Okay. Um, I have. Uh, was he done? Hello. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. I think oh, I hey, oh, did you have another question? Um, I did. Okay. So, um, I understand how that can be therapeutic and also a lesson to you as well as a learning point for your son. How does this? In the, I heard the previous question. What if Kyla Perry asked you to work for him in the future, um, and that being a, a business decision? But what if he came out publicly and apologized? How would that help as far as the book was cleansing? Would that also be a part of the cleansing process? 
Um, you know, I've never thought about that. Yeah. Um, it's not necessary. You know, I don't. I don't. I'm not looking for something. So while it may seem that way, and I'm sure you know, I've, I've heard that you know a million times, but you know, nobody knows what's in my heart. Nobody knows what's in my mind except myself and God. Um, so, so I'm not necessarily looking for an apology from Tyler. Uh, if he wanted to give me one, obviously I'd accept it. I, if you read the book, you know I move past all that. I'm fine. I'm at peace with all that. At the end of the day, you know, who knows? Maybe Tyler made the right decisions in what he did. I don't know. Uh, but at the end of the day, I just put it up all in my faith in God and just keep moving on. I don't. If he gives me a apology, cool. If he don't give me a apology, cool. I I walk up to him right now and hug him like he was my best friend. I'm fine. Right. As a reader, you know, it seems when you see someone done wrong, you're like, okay, well, where's the apology? How are, how's it going to get back right? So it's nice to see that you've actually gone through your process and you're fine no matter what happens. But I think as a reader, we're like, okay, so what's next? What happens? But, but, but that's, you, that, that's human nature. And, and most yeah. people, I've come to realize that most people, for the most part, want to pit me against Tyler. <laughs> but you know, I I don't know why, but they want to pit me against him. I, I, Controversy I have, is always fun, you know that. Uh, yeah, I get you, I get you, and that's and this book has some of that in it, and and obviously there's some things in it that that are a little bit contrary to the to, to the message that's being put out on Tyler's behalf. But at the end of the day, I don't have anything against him. I just told the story. My story didn't have an agenda. I don't. I, I'm I'm not in the public life. I don't. I don't. I don't have to be a certain way. I can be the worst person on the planet. It won't matter. It is what it is. But the book is the truth. You can take it for what it is or not take it right. for what it is. It's up to you. If you Whether or not you believe it or not, it's completely up to you. But but at the end of the day, I'm not looking for anything from Tyler. If he gave me an apology, I'd be cool. I mean, that'd be nice. But if he doesn't, I, and I, would, I just don't see that happening, but if he does, oh, well, it is what it is. You know, I'd be more than happy to accept it. There you go. Well, thank you wow. for your time, Mr. Child. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank Bye. you. Okay, we have another caller. Hello. Hi. Hi. You have a question? Yes, I do. Hi, Mr. Child. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Um, I'm great. My question is, and I'm listening, and my stomach got a little nervous just listening to everything, but... My question is, why now? You know, I've been asked that question a million times. You know, let I want to be real clear, and I hope, uh, I don't know how many listeners that we have here, but I want to clarify this so everybody understands this. In order to write a book, it's extremely time-consuming. Okay, that's number one. Second, second of all, I'm in the entertainment business. I'm not in the book business. So, for me to be able to understand those channels and how they operate and how to get a book deal and how to, you know, uh, I had to get a ghostwriter on the project because I'm not a writer by trade. Um, all those things took years to create. And so also keep in mind, for the most part, um, I internalized the whole situation. Mm-hmm. I just internalized it. I didn't, I didn't feel the need. I didn't really feel the need to, to, to tell everybody what really happened on my side of the story. Um, but, you know, as my sons start to get older and they start to ask me all these questions and, and those things, and it's like, and Tyler became more popular. And 
so obviously the more popular Tyler became, obviously the more questions I got. Not necessarily just from my sons, but people that are around Oklahoma City and where I live and my family members that knew some of the things that I went through back then, and they and they just didn't know what happened. How did it end, Melvin? So I didn't. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's not a now situation. It's not a now situation. It's not a, I'm, I didn't do it because Tyler was is more popular today than he was five years ago. But, you know, for everybody to ask me why now, I want to ask the question back, what's the difference? Well, right now what I think is the difference is that by being a personal relationship, a lot of times God used people to get people where they need to go. And, mm-hmm. I, and when I'm listening to the story, I haven't read the book, but listening to the story, I'm hearing you saying, I helped. And a lot of times God used channels for us to help people to get where they need to go. Now, the way that they respond to it is something totally different. Um, did I feel you when you said you stood up and you thought it was going to be something else? To me, the way that it was said, it was like sarcasm. So then it was like, oh, wow, he could he didn't have to do that in front of everybody. But at the same time, it was almost like a battle, and he was at the top looking down at you. But at the same time, I'm saying, okay, now, I'm analyzing your book, but I haven't read it. I'm listening to everything you're saying. And my heart is really palpitating over here because it's like, you know, um, God used you to help him. Yeah. And I want to say to you, I thank you. Why? Because had it not been for the helping hand or the, the word that you said to him, maybe he would not be as far along as he is. Well, he wouldn't be because you funded a lot of things. Right, right. So, let, me, let, me, let me say this to you. I don't mean to cut you off real quick, but I want yeah. I want I want you to understand the role between a producer and a writer. You made the statement. You said I helped, and yeah. and I and I say this in a way to not be condescending or not. This is not egotistical, but mm-hmm. there is there isn't a writer in in America that started out from day one that mm-hmm. goes to a producer. Okay, he, he's just like at that point in time. Tyler was. Do you have a cousin that can sing? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you have a cousin that can sing, and she's she's probably told you, you know, cousin, I can sing, and you've probably said, you know what, that that's nice, baby. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And, and right. that's exactly where Tyler was at that point in time. The the the, the production business and the play business and the promotion business um, is not kind to writers at all. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. we get raped all the time, and so I took it upon myself to say, Tyler, get on my shoulders, dog. I got you. Mm. You understand? You know what I'm saying? You, I'm going to take care of you. I see something that maybe you don't even see. But this mm-hmm. whole thing is beyond, I don't even know why, because at the point in time in my life, I really wasn't that a spiritual person. Mm-hmm. But, there, but there's something on me that says, I got to do this. So whatever I got to do, if that means Miss um, Childs, I'm going to be gone for the next seven months. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Why she crying at home and telling me, you know, you need to come home and take care of your family? I'm saying, huh? I can't do that. So when you when you, it, it's a little to me, it's a little condescending to me when you say when you say I help because the, the producers of these projects are the ones, for the most part, especially at that point in time, who are the ones that create the project. At the generally in in, in the in the beginning of those projects, they're just words on scripts. Mm-hmm. That's what, and so 
you know, you have to understand that there was no team there. there was, he didn't have a publicist. He didn't have a, a, a production staff. It was nothing. And so somebody mm-hmm. had to build that, nor did he have the know-how and the intelligence to be able to build that. He had no clue. He had no clue. Um, and so that's how that's how it all started out. So when you say, you know, that, that God used me, absolutely he used me. He used mm-hmm. me to build Tyler Perry today, and I'm so thankful for all of that. I, there's no doubt about it. I'm thankful for that. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I realized that my role was more than just help. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, maybe I, the the word help. Maybe it shouldn't have been that way. Um, uh, and I but agree. that's that's I the way that I felt. Because when you help or you assist anybody in getting whatever they have on the inside, maybe you see something that they have they don't see it themselves, and right. so you right. recognize it and you give them a push and you tell them you can do this and we're gonna do this and right. let's make it right. happen. That's what I mean by help. I got you. I got you. I understand. So, but but, but there's so many people. That that sometimes that they take they they think that they view Tyler as the Tyler Perry that he is today and think that he has this machine that's in place that he had that back then and I and I'm wanting to be clear so you understand from the perspective of where the book is written that he didn't have any of that in place at that point in time. Well, I don't think that because I look I I look beyond just what's standing up in front or what just being portrayed. I've heard him say that when he. Had a play, he was looking for a mega people. There were nothing but thirty nine people that showed up. So I, I I hear that, but what I'm saying to you is I, is that I appreciate what you did in the beginning, because had you not did it, the rest of the plays that he has done could not have been done. They wouldn't have been done because he wouldn't have not he would not have been the Tyler Perry that he is today, meaning that he has the plays and they change people's lives and he exposing things to people's families. That's really uh, that's really taking place on today. So had he not got the help, and I'm there, I go again. That from the from day one, right, right, it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a day today. Okay. Nine million dollars, trillion dollars, whatever it is, it wouldn't be that today. So that's what I'm saying. Thank you for. Well, thank you. I thank you for 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 even listening to me and, and allowing me to just be here and have a conversation with you. Appreciate you. Okay, and I want to thank uh, Ms. Mocha and her staff as well for even uh, allowing you to come and share your story. Absolutely. And you guys have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ooh, okay, um, I have one more caller waiting. I do want to take this caller, and then we're going to go to break and uh, wrap things up. Um, hello? Hi. Hi, you have a question for our guest? I do, I do. Um, hi. I have been listening to uh the the uh comments that you've made about the book and you know, your perspective and everything and, and I, I I don't wanna I'm sure there's a fifty percent people that say, Yeah, man, that's right, tell your story. I know I knew that dude couldn't make it without somebody. And then there's another fifty percent that are like, you know what, is it really that serious? But my question is when when someone helps someone to get to where they are, no matter what the situation may be, how long does that person owe you? How long um, does that person I, have I, to I, give I, recognition? I don't, I, don't, I don't know if they owe does, you at all. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I've never said the title owed me anything. Matter of fact, I think I said he doesn't. He doesn't owe me anything. 
I, I understand that. But at the same time, when when his uh, when his followers read the book, you know, first of all, it starts with the title, Never Would Have Made It. Okay. My kids never would have made it. Uh, my brother never would have made it. I would have never made it, you know. But you also had help. You understand? You, you just said recently that someone helped you write the book. You never would have made it. You see what I'm saying? So there's Absolutely. a story for for each Absolutely. individual because people come into your life for a reason and a season. And, and again, I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to come down on you. I mean, there's a, there's a such thing as talent, and that can't be taught or given. You understand? The talent was there. And if he hadn't had the help with from you, he would have gotten it from someone else, if not done it on his own. You know what I'm saying? There's a possibility. Well, well, we will never say, know. Let me ask you this question. And and I know that I know what what line of work are you in? What do you do for a living? If you don't mind me asking. I'm a professional photographer and graphic design. All right, you're a professional photographer and a graphic designer. Let me let me let me make you understand. This is the business that I'm in. So I see this every day. I see I see so many people. You said that you just made a statement that. He would have made it with or without me. He may have. He may have. But I will say this, 95% of those that have tried have failed. So, you know. So should they call you? No. I don't, I don't, it, that's, not about, that's not a statement about me. That's oh, okay. I didn't know. I thought maybe you could help them that's, too. I'm, I, maybe I can. But, you know, or maybe I can. It just depends on, you know, on, on a whole. That, that part as a whole, that's not what I'm saying. I'm merely saying you made the statement that he would have made it no matter what. Maybe he would have. The book that never would have made it title really doesn't apply to him. You'd have to read the book to understand why the book is called Never Would Have Made It. It don't have anything to do with Tyler, actually. But you have to read it to know what that know what that's about. Um, all this is about me. It's about my struggle and my journey and what I did with Tyler. It doesn't have anything to do with Tyler owing me anything. It doesn't have anything to do with... You know, be looking for or seeking money or seeking an apology or any of those things. But at the end of the day, I think I have a right to tell my story. I mean, if 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 you went through some things personally in your life trying to become a graphic designer, um, don't you have the right to be able to write that if you want to? Oh yeah, I mean definitely. We all go through everything trying to do what I we're do. trying to do, regardless. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to bring Tyler Perry down. This book doesn't even bash him. Anybody who reads it, I, I mean, obviously, I've seen many of the people say, "Well, you're just trying to bring a black man down." That kind of thing. Obviously, those people have never read this book because it couldn't be further from the truth. Like I've said before, before you even came on this call, I've been the biggest proponent for Tyler since day one. So, but at the end of the day, um, you know, this is a candid, candid uh, discussion about what it took to get Tyler to where he is back in those days and all the issues that, that I came across as a producer, as a promoter, and dealing with the different people in this business. So it gives you a lesson. And if you're, not, if you're not interested in the true story about that, then I guess you're probably not interested in this book. And that's okay, too. Wow. Okay, well, it's up to you to sell the book. I mean, you know, I I, I have not read the book. You're absolutely right. Um, the title itself just kind of gives me the idea that it may not be something that I'm interested in, but just in, you know, your response, you know, it is, it is as the writer, it's your job to sell your book. So I guess I still may not well, want to read it. This, this, this is an 
not about selling them selling a book. It's about truth. You know, you have a. I mean, the 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 reality of the situation is the title that you know is the title that that you that you see on on Oprah, and that's okay. That's okay. But don't ever think for five minutes that that in some parts of what you see on Oprah is planned. It's entertainment. We create these things. So at the end, you know, I tried to give I, I I've tried to give the average Joe Bull person insight into this entertainment business, into this Christian play business that you would never ever get because it's a secret. Because the truth of the matter is we don't want you to know all these things. We don't want you because at the end of the day you don't want to know that at the end of the day when I walked off that stage I had to cuss out the lead singer in this show. Or she cussed me out. Because we all just regular people and we all fall short. It, it, it just is what it is. So don't don't think that we're better than anything. I mean, we're not better than you. Tyler isn't better than you. He isn't better than me. It is what it is. And so he has he has issues just like I do. And I think at the end of the day, I wrote this book for those people that want to know about the business itself and want to know the truth without an agenda. Hmm. Wow. Caller, are you there? I am. I'm still here. Okay. I, I have one more. Qu- I mean, I you know, I don't. I I have one more question. It's a short one, if I may. But if Tyler okay. Perry were to walk into the room, what would you guys talk about? Uh, now, since you know it's. That's a catch twenty two there. Depends on which title I get. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there, there's obviously you got to understand that we, when we, you know, when you go on that stage, that's acting. The Tyler, the Tyler that, that walks off that stage and you, you deal with behind the scenes is a whole other person. You don't know that Tyler. I do. Um, so, I really don't have the answer to that question. What What's the scenario? Are we sitting in front of ten cameras, or are we talking just two men? Just two men. Those, those conversations are going to be totally different. If it was just two men, my guess is that he'd probably say, dog, why you write this book, man? And I would say, Tyler, why not? Mm. Why would I he got, say that if I, he said I, you were I, his biggest cheerleader? I'm sorry? I mean, you, you had said earlier that this book is further from the truth of the title. Why would he say that if you well, said that you were why, his biggest well, advocate? Well, I'm confused. <laughs> Easily, easily. First, first of all, there are things in this book that Tyler doesn't want me to talk about. Right. He I mean, he don't want me to talk about the drug money. He made you believe that he came. He was a homeless person, and he went and put on a show at the House of Blues. You tell me how that's possible. You know how much advertising costs in the city of Atlanta? You know how much the building deposit on the House of Blues was? You know how much right. the sound and lights cost there? You know how much the travel cost? You know how much the talent deposits cost? Right. You can't do that as a homeless man. It's impossible. I don't know any. Mm-hmm. And so and I say this because that in itself, you know, it's it's like, what? Yeah, how does that? I don't know. But yeah, I mean, people can choose to believe what it is that they want to believe. Like I said, this is not a fight between Tyler and I. At the end of the day, I don't, man, I, I, I'm so I'm so far from from not, Fighting <laughs> that it's unbelievable. I don't, I don't, I really don't care. I mean, I care that you know the truth and you make the decision for yourself. And if your decision is at the end of the day that I'm a liar, well, that's okay. You have that right. 
you absolutely have that right. But at the end of the day, my two boys know the truth. Mm. And I'm cool with that's that. All that that's all that matters. That's all that matters, right? That's all that matters. That's all that matters. We're going to take a break, uh, Melvin, but before we take a break, what kind of projects you have going forward this year? Uh, I've got a huge project coming out in October. Uh, I cannot talk about it. Uh, okay. For a lot of different reasons, but it, it is a very huge project. You wouldn't know that it was me. All most of the ninety percent of the projects that I do, you don't know I'm involved in those projects. I mean, because I'm not that. That's that's not my role to be out in front. No, no, I'm not. A, I'm not talent. That's not my role. I handle the business. I'm a behind the scenes guy. That's what I do. So, but I have a huge project with some huge entertainers coming up in October. Uh, hopefully, around uh, August, we can talk about it a little bit more in depth. But it is what it is. Okay, okay, I'll be looking forward to that. <laughs> I appreciate it. We'll talk about that offline or something. <laughs> okay, okay, that's no problem because I'm nosy. I want to know. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> but we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll wrap things up with Melvin Child. Thanks. <laughs> I would have lost it all, but now I see how you were there for me, and I can say, never would have made it, never could have made it without you, I would have lost it all, but now I I'm stronger, I'm wiser, I'm better, much better. When I look back over all your promises, I can see that you were the one I held on to, and I never, never would have made it. Oh, I never could have made it.
Good evening, and we are back. Um, I am your host, Ms. Mocha. Thank you. I um, want to thank our listeners for joining us tonight on the discussion of um, our guest, Melvin Childs, and we are discussing his book, Never Would Have Made It. Um, I do have um, a Twitter, a comment from Twitter. Love the book. Read it in one day. Couldn't put it down. Very insightful. Wishing you much success. Wow. And, yeah. And then there's a question. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just want to say thank you to that person that made that comment on Twitter. I appreciate all the love that I've been given uh, in regards to the book. It, it kind of makes me feel good inside that somebody actually is getting something out of it. Okay. And then uh, there's a question from Twitter. Is there a movie in the making or a sequel to the first book? Um, yeah, there's a sequel to the first book. At this point, there isn't a, mo- a movie in the making, but there is a sequel to the, to the first book. Um, you know, you have to, in writing a book, you have to stop it at some point. Uh, hmm. So, you know, we decided, you know, it stopped it, you know, when we had a, uh, well, you have to read. <laughs> you, know you got to, you, you can't just keep on and on and on and on. Because uh, that book would have been a thousand pages if I just told you so much and everything about my life. But there are some other things that, you know, that I can give some other lessons here later on. Um, and I'll just reserve that for the second book. Okay. Um, we are going to wrap things up. I just want to say that um, this show was no way intended to bash Tyler Perry in any way. Uh, we're basically, I, I, me, myself, there's three sides to a story. There's your side, there's his side, and then there's the truth. Um, none of us were there, so we don't know what happened. Um, and, and like you said, you're just telling your side of the story. So, um I, I thank you for coming on the show and sharing everything that you share with us. Um, again, it, for uh, those of you who want to purchase the book, it is on Amazon, and the website is uh, TylerPerryBook.com for any listeners that would like to purchase the book. Um, Mario, D, did you guys have anything? Um, I, I did. I just wanted to say, again, one awesome interview. I knew it was going to be quite interesting with, you know, how people feel about Tyler Perry. And just from my perspective, from hearing you and how passionate you are about it and some of the things that you've written, I truly believe that this is just something that, you know, you're passionate about. You want to get the message out. You want to get the information out. And I, I truly believe that this was in no way for you to write a bunch of pages to bash Tyler or to hate on him or his success or anything like that. And I'm sure that you have a lot of mixed reviews. And I, I, I'm really, uh, I'll have to, you know, uh, Facebook you later because I'm really um, curious as to what doors this has opened up for you, um, this book. But I really just want to say that I appreciate you coming on. Much success. We cannot wait to see what you have next. And please, please, please keep us posted so we can have you back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you all for having me. Not a problem. Again, for those of you who would like to um, contact him, he's on Facebook. He's on Twitter. Um, I already added him on my friend page. And I've been posting um, the links also on my page, both my pages, Miss Cafe Mocha Studios and Black Writer Space. So, uh, again, thank you so much for your time. 
And uh, we hope to have you back. We definitely want to have you back for the sequel. Any uh, projects you have coming up that you're going to talk yeah. to us about all the time? <laughs> and uh, we um, we enjoyed you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Y'all have a good evening. Mm-hmm. Good night. Wow. I think that was a great um, interview. I think we had some great callers. Absolutely. And um, I enjoyed it. I I think it was one of our best interviews we've ever had. I agree. You think so? You think so? I think so, (laughs) yes. Yes. The lines were full. We had callers who um, called in. And, I I mean, it may have gotten kind of, you know, but that's, it's a radio show. You know what I'm saying? It's an interview. That's what's expected. With the um, what the topic is of the book is about. You know, you kind of expect um, people have questions. They want to know. You know, so I, I enjoyed it. Um, wow, <laughs> I think that's the lavish show we ever had. Yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah, I agree I, with that one. I definitely um, I enjoy all the guests that we have on here. Um, there is a level of respect I have for them, or I would not have them on the show. So um enjoyed it. I enjoy our listeners. I definitely enjoy our callers because they take the time out of their schedule also to listen to the show and to take the time to call in and participate. I ask all the time for our listeners to call in, and, you know, we want to hear from you. So um, it was great for um, our listeners to tune in with us tonight with our um, guests. I've been posting all day, so um, and even still, you know, those who didn't get to listen live can always go back and listen to the show over. So um, also um, our blog, I, I still haven't updated the blog, forgive me. I will be updating the blog. We have had about five or six shows, I think, since the last time I updated. So I will be updating the blog if you have any questions. Um, if you have a book that you would like to um, submit, to be a guest on our show, you can email us at blackwriterspace, that's with two S's, at gmail.com. We have a blog, blackwriterspace.blogspot.com, and then we're on Twitter and Facebook. I think what made the, the show really awesome was because it's such a passionate, um, and I won't even say topic, I just think because of the person that it is. Tyler Perry, you know, it's not just people that don't like him, you know, especially in our community. And so I I think because of who it was, a lot of people were just passionate about, you know, um, feeling that he has been bashed in any way, and I thought that to be very interesting. Yeah. Um, Also, and I want to say if Tyler Perry is listening, that we would also like to have him on too. Like I said, it's three sides to a story. It's it's Melvin's side, it's Tyler's side, and then it's the truth. So. Uh, but I would love to. I support all the Tyler Perry's um, movies. I enjoy all of them. I haven't seen all the plays, especially the ones in the beginning. I have not seen. Um, however, and I will be purchasing the book to read the book. I have not wrote, read the book. I've only read the excerpts on the website. And um, once I actually uh, found him on Twitter, and I started sending messages to try to get him on the show. So, And, and that was really uh, um a blessing. It, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. So I really appreciate uh, having him and his publicist. She's been back and forth communicating with me, and I, I, I enjoyed it. 
I, I think I'm I'm really really enjoying the shows. Each time we have one, I enjoy them more and more. No matter who the guest is, or um, what the book is about, um, is radio. So you know, we're gonna have some conflicting uh, callers. We're gonna have um, some people who may have an opposing side. I mean, it's part of the business. So that's real life. Yeah. It's life. That's an everyday conversation. Yeah, pretty much. So, oh. I, I mean, I just like, I just like the way he conducted himself professionally as well, to the point where he know what's going to happen as far as, like the caller said about, you know, when you see the title, you want to you want to know. I mean, so he's professional. He know what's going on. He know, and he's very humble. He, as you can see that, like you said, it's not about me bashing him. It's about my my story. This is my book. This is what. I'm trying to put out there. So he's professional. He 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 took the callers, uh, comments and questions, and he he analyzed it before he opened up his mouth. And as you can see, that pretty much wasn't a conflict. It was just the fact that he wanted people to know that it's about the book itself. It's about his story, and he didn't want it to go too much far into Tyler itself. So he, he's professional, and I respect him for that. Absolutely, and he and his point was made so eloquently when he even brought in an example as far as you know, uh, you know, I should be able to tell my side. And if you had someone that you know told you they can do something, you know, wouldn't you want to get your story out? And the different points that he made, and I just loved every minute of it. We appreciate our callers. Please don't let this. Um, you know, deter anyone in any way. We want you guys to call, give you your, give us your opinions. You know, ask the the the, the questions to the writers. That's what they're there for. They're trying to get their books out. They want to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly, and we want to put it all on the show. <laughs> so we appreciate our callers calling in. Right, and I'm um, I I I have to prepare myself because I know one day that's gonna be me. One day there's going to be on the interview. You know what I'm saying? Even, like, pertaining to the show, because uh, I was having a conversation with a friend a couple days ago, and I'm like, it's certain books. I support writers. I do. I I support the passion of writing. But it's certain things that I probably won't have on my show because it's my show. And it's just certain things that I don't agree with. So I, I don't know how to... Like and, and that may be a challenge for me. I may have to learn how to uh, work my way through that because I don't know how to um, go from okay, I like these kind of books, these kind of books, this, 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 and that. I do like to have guests who have a purpose behind their book. Mostly everyone does, but some books they don't. But anyhow, I try to uh, lean toward the the guests who have some type of purpose, something that's gonna help somebody. I just feel like it's just worthless. And a waste of time if it's not helping somebody. So it, it's certain books, you know, that are out there <laughs> that I know I don't want to have on my show. <laughs> like I don't know how I would, um, looking at my 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 different beliefs spiritually and stuff like that. I just I don't know. I mean, you it's it's a lot of, um, I don't know any names or anything, but I I know that there are books about um. Demons and and vampires and this and that. And it's like, huh? Okay, no, no, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So I don't know. I haven't figured out like how do you support the passion of writing as a whole without um, even even if you feel um, 
even if you don't feel um, like you're not on that agreeing side with what the topic is. So I'm learning. I didn't go to school for this. I didn't wake up knowing everything. So I'm learning. I'm learning. But, however, like I always say, and it's actually from my heart, we still support all writers, and we do. And you so, keep it in prayer. Keep it in prayer. And also monitor your listeners and your audience. See what type of audience you have. You know, you may you may not have audiences that listen to, you know, want to listen to or hear about demonic stuff and vampire stuff. There are other radio talk shows for that. You know, it is, it is, it is, and that's why at the end of the day, not being big headed or anything, but you can have on your show what you want to have, and I, and that's the thing I like about blog talk is that you create. I mean, the the, the new technology has given us the uh, open door where we can go in. We don't have to get approval for any, from anybody. We can go in and create our own world. And, okay, this is what I'm for, and this is what I'm supporting over here. And then, I mean, I've heard some blog talk radio shows. They ain't doing nothing but cussing, talking about sex and whatever. But that's what they, that's their thing. That's their thing. I am not mad at them. They do what they do on their show, and I do what I do on my show. So. Keep it in prayer, though. It may, be some, it may be a vampire book that at the end of the day talks about how the vampire was was non-dynamic and found Christ. We never know. <laughs> or it may help somebody, you know. We just got we, we to gotta keep it in prayer and just continue to do what God has called us to do. And, I mean, you too, I, I have to every show just commend you guys. I think you guys have had. Just, just been completely blessed and fortunate, and I'm fortunate as well as the listeners um, to be um, that you guys follow what God put on you, putting your that's, heart and your purpose. And so I appreciate you guys, and you are, are doing such an awesome job. That's well, my awesome. It is. Um, it is pretty much. I mean, at the end of the day, like you, I mean, I, I I'm enjoying it. December was our first month, and um, I love it. I love it. I'm trying to figure out how I can um, make this my career and get paid for it. So um, I think it's like I, like I said at the last show, I don't have another life sitting on the side saying, oh, well, if I don't get to do this, then I could do that in the next life. Nope, I got one. And I'm trying to fulfill my destiny and do what God called me to do and live and enjoy life. Life you have so many people we can get focused on something so much that we forget about enjoying life. You know, like working. True. You know, get so caught up in our job and I gotta pay this, I gotta pay that and we be so stressed out and uh focused on trying to get things done so we can relax that we kinda miss out. So um I'm enjoying this time that I have to even do this. Because last year this time, I was out working 10, 12 hours a day, too tired to pick up a pen and write. So uh, I appreciate this uh, time that I have to just be. Do you guys mind if I ask you guys some questions? Go ahead. Mario, you you awfully quiet tonight. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just telling. I, I have those. I have those days where I just, you know, just listen. I like to listen. I like to think. I like to talk. But today's one of those days of just listening. Mm-hmm. And just getting to feel everything. Well, you know, well, I like. You like to talk. We know you like me. Both of us. He he got it. He got double whammy on that one. <laughs> Tell me about uh, what do you have coming up? What projects are you working on, if any? And what 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 are you looking to 
do um, in your near future? Ooh, was that great? Was that question directed to me or Tiffany? Absolutely, to you, to Mario. Oh, okay. Oh, well, well, pretty much the magazine. You know, the magazine. We're trying to get that one pumped out. You know, I pretty much my individual projects. The two books I wrote. Um, working on this children's book I wrote called Let's Go Out to Play. Um, what so is it called? Just try. Let's Go Out to Play. It's a children's book called Let's Go Out to Play. Okay. And it's it's just a little short children's children's book about a little boy who it's his birthday and he wanna have a party and he he feels like he don't have no friends and you know you know towards the end of the story you know what's gonna happen next so I'm not gonna go into that part. But <laughs> it's called Let's Go Out to Play and you know, I got the first book Poet in Mind and the second book will be called Inside the Thoughts of Mario Gibbs. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty much a project like that, nothing, nothing spectacular, trying to travel like Tiffany was talking about, you know, trying to make a career out of this. So we're trying to travel to different places to do this literacy and writing summits and stuff like that. So that's pretty much it. Sounds good. And for Tiffany, same question. Oh, boy, you know I love these questions. Okay. Uh, like he said, the magazine, um, I Am Stuck. Between um, how did they say that? A hard rock and a rock and a hard place. Yes, rock and a hard place on digital, or um, when I or but um, on going either completely digital or doing both. So what I think I may do is um, and I think Mario would would probably agree um, on starting out digital. And then maybe do some print because I still love print. I still buy magazines. So yeah. although I have this whole e thing going on, this Kindle thing going on, and everything's digital now, I still like to have a magazine in front of me, and I would love to have my magazine in front of me. So it probably won't because it's not a monthly thing. It's going to be quarterly. So that does make it a little easier. And I think we might just do something where we just order maybe 200 copies at a time. And, and when they sell, they sell. You know what I'm saying? So it's not a big thing. Um, but at the same time, online, once we get all our information, get who we have for that issue and all that together, blam, all we have to do is publish it to the Internet. So And then maybe um, charge a um, like a yearly membership fee mm-hmm. where unlimited issues throughout the year and you just pay the fee per so um, anyhow, I know I went way off, but other than the magazine traveling, um, do have one event um, May sixth, the Baltimore Urban Book Festival, and we do have two of our first guests that we had on the show, J. M. Benjamin and Nikki Turner, will be there. So I am really excited about going to that. And if I go by myself, I'm going by myself, but I'm gonna be here. You're not going by yourself. I'm going too. I'm going to be on this on tape, so <laughs> Yeah. Um that's May sixth, two thousand twelve in Baltimore, Maryland. I've even um I came across a private um it was a company, they offer a private jet. I even mm-hmm. sent them a quote to find out how much it would cost. I'm just curious to know. If I don't have to go be bothered with going to O'Hare and I can have a private jet bring take me there and bring me <laughs> 
<laughs> I know, I know, I'm thinking big time, but guess what? That's why I'm trying to go. So, um, but you just know they gotta they gotta pick you up from somewhere. They don't just pull up at the. Oh, house. I know, I know they can't I'm pull up. You. I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, I know. I'm believing with you. I'm believing with you. That that event, and then also I spoke with J M Benjamin today. Um, mm-hmm. contacting. I we we're. we're supposed to be we're invited to a college in South Carolina so I'm waiting to hear back from them with the details and everything um so I don't have a, a date for that yet but um I do have my authors that I want to bring with me so I've been contacting them and getting all their requirements and fees and all that together but so I had to call him today and and I I called him we talked about that for a minute but he broke everything down to me about everything that he does as far as motivational speaking and this and that. And I'm really, to be honest, and I'm having a meeting Friday, and I'm, I think I'm going to put this into play. I'm really, I want to have a conference. I think I'm going to bring JM here for a conference, like a Thursday to Sunday or something, and uh, where he can do some workshops because he is like awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and he really... Um, Basically, how he put it, because you know they once they get to a certain level, and then they have all these different services and and workshops and and this experience, then they pretty much get paid to go to different states and and different events to teach others how to do what they did. So right. um, people are always open to that. But um, what I liked was he said um, he doesn't like to turn any down. If we don't meet his budget, he'll work with you. You know where he can, if he can bring some of his books and sell his books, or if we could, um, like if we did a conference, of course we would be charging. So we could do something where Black Writers Space can raise some money, he can get paid, and we can donate to literacy because that's my ultimate goal is to be able to be connected to um, some type of literacy fund. I've been looking at Children's Memorial Hospital; they have so many different fundraiser options. So uh, that's another thing I want to do. We were not prepared this um, 2011 Thanksgiving and Christmas to um, give back to um, like sponsor a family or go to the hospital. And I really wanted to go to the hospital and uh, maybe take some books or toys to the um, children that have the terminal diseases and all of that. But 2012, we're going to be ready. Oh, yeah. So, um, Couple of things, you know, you know me, I can go on and on. But those are my two main things: is getting the dates for my events. I want to bring Monique Smith back. We received her book last week, and it was really, wow, uh, emotional. But it was good because it takes you through the life of you know everything that she went through and her story. Her story is so awesome. So. Um, I am having a meeting on Friday with my uh, event planner, and we're going to go over some things and set some things in stone and get it rolling. I'm tired of talking about it. So that's it because I, you know, I keep talking. I'll be the winner to 2013, but those are my for now. My, my last question. Now, Mario, out of all of the authors that you guys have interviewed, who would you say was one of the most influ- influential or uh, made the biggest impression on you, if you can pick one. I would rather you pick one, but, no, it could be hard. Well, me smell. I think that's mine, too. Tiffany, what about you? Say it again. 
I said out of all the authors that you've interviewed and come in contact with, who was the most inspirational and who um, inspired you the most? And Mario said Monique Smith, and I said myself as well. And then I have you. Who would it be for you? I think it would have to be, I think it still would have to be Monique. I think it would be Monique and then J.M. Second. Mm-hmm. Well, well for, the, for the record, we're not saying that Monique was better than anybody or lesser than anybody. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that the story itself, and for those who still listening to the show, if you haven't listened to that show, you can always go back and check that. It was a very emotional show because it was. for what she went through and how she presented the story to us and how emotional I got on the show and how some of the uh, callers and listeners who was on the show uh, who contacted me after the show was emotional. So it was more so of a, a power story, of a strong story. So that's the reason why I say it was. But all the other authors was great also, trust me. J.M. <laughs> Benjamin, J. Anthony Grace, all these people that came on the show was great. It was just, that was the one that stood out to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I really, it's kind of hard to really put them in a line like that. They would have to all be like in the same bowl because it's like, it's it's kind of hard to say. That's just deep star in trouble. That's just, uh, he's just trying you know to start Everybody, everybody, I believe that out of everybody that we've interviewed, each person inspires us in different ways. Um, I can remember um, the the young lady that we just interviewed that's doing all the workshops and uh, teaching how to write books and uh, motivational speaking. And, I, I mean, I, I, if, I, if I can go down the list, I'm sure we all could go down the list and pick something about each one of them that inspires us the most. But as you said, Monique Smith, her story, it, it, it touched my spirit and my soul. And so, and I wasn't able to talk on that show. So <laughs> I was chomping at the bit to say something. But um, it was it was an awesome, awesome, awesome uh, show. Her story and everything about it, it did. It touched us all, I believe. And so I believe that's why I picked her. But you're right. Each person has their own you know, we can say something great about each and every one of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody around them. Um, far. And um, sticking with it because um, after the first show or second show, we could have just been like, you know what, that's okay. Mm-mm, I'm not going to do that. So um, I definitely want to say to Mario, thank you for even um, jumping in at the time. You know, once I had talked to you about it and I had a previous uh, business partner that was going to come in with me with Black Rider Space. It was mine, but it always helps to um, have someone that has the same passion and can see the vision and that I had that person, they resigned, and so that spot was empty. And I mentioned it to him, and we would always talk at work about um, writing. You know, he did the poetry, and I mentioned Black Writer's Face a few times, but I wasn't doing anything with it. 
So once I mentioned to him, well, you know what, I don't have no business partner, blah, 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 he straight jumped in and was like, come on, okay, I'm with you. We roll, we in this together, we in this together. So I just really want to say that I appreciate that. And um, when it's all over, you ain't going to have to go to that post office no more. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Um, thank, and D, thank, thank you. <laughs> at um, you know, when whenever uh, we meet um, an extra co-host or whatever, I am in the process of trying to develop a team. Um, everybody has their own personal things going on uh, at home, work, and just every day. You know, it's a it's a it's a challenge. You know, to balance all of this every day, we start over. You know, so. I do want to say I appreciate the both of you um, jumping in and kind of uh, just rolling with it. Well, thank you. I appreciate everything that's going on, and the future is pretty much going to be great. And everybody who hangs around me and talks to me know that I've been great, so it's going to happen. So we're going to be okay. We, like I said, it's a work in progress. There's no, no iron team. You know what I'm saying? It's it's more so staying humble and staying professional, and God will take care of the rest. Amen. Amen. Okay, guys. I guess we can um we can wrap it up. I know you're tired. I'm tired. Um, I'm starting to get stressed a little bit when the call is start coming. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. We never had all this before. Okay, okay. What? I just let it roll. I mean, that's what. Hey, that's that's radio. That's radio, that's um, interviews. We see them all the time on Barbara Walters. So, you know, uh, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It was, it was, it felt good to see the call, my little call panel say 10 callers. I had 10 callers at one time, and that does not count who was listening on the Internet. So once I wrap everything up, I'll be able to see how many listeners we had. And then even like the other day, we had two, one of them, Shows we just had a couple of days ago. We only had two listeners during the show, but then afterwards, when I went back, ten people went back and listened to it. You know, so I'm really not focused on um, how many people we have. Of course, it that shows that your 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 show is growing and this and that. But I try not to focus on oh I had this many callers and oh man oh we only maybe we should, no mm-mm, no if it's just me on here talking about myself I'm gonna keep doing the show so. Um, people will come. Like Gerard McClendon told me, you need to start a blog talk radio show. That is hot. When I told him my concept and my idea and he told me to start this show, I sat on it for like four weeks. And then I did it. And I kept saying, well, people are going to be listening to me. What am I going to say? I don't know how to do you got to talk this way and talk that way. No. I did it that first day. And I got some kind of, you know, people want to critique you and all of that. But I'm like, you know what, that professionalism, that will come. Nobody wakes up and knows how to do anything in a perfected manner. So I enjoy it. I enjoy yeah, it. That's, um, that's, that's it. I lost my train of thought. You know, I, I get to talking and I go way off. But anyhow, um, hopefully um, people want to know. People are going to go back and listen. So anyhow, um, thank you guys. Thank our listeners. Thank really you guys. And um, we're going to wrap it up I'm, I don't know when I'm going to play I guess I can play Mark's app again 
I enjoyed that. I didn't have to um, do my whole DJ thing today because we had just that one song. But um, <laughs> have a good night. Don't work too hard tomorrow. I'm not. I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. Um, and enjoy the rest of your night. God bless. You God bless you guys. Thank you. Have a good
Somebody just need to testify to something next to him. Tell him, I'm strong. I'm wise. I'm better. Much better. When I look.